Welcome to Behind the Hype with me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Hardesty. Wow, wow, I'm here. This week, continuing down the John Singleton route, man, did we take a turn. <laughs> we went from very depressing with uh, Boys in the Hood to depressing and somewhat up- uplifting with Poetic Justice to whatever the fuck this was with Shaft. <laughs> This was yep. black, uh, exploitation, nostalgia, uh, I would assume. But done without like any hint of irony. It's just another Shaft movie. Like, and I think that's what people wanted. Yeah, like uh, I, I'd only seen the original Shaft once, very long ago. I'd never seen this one. And uh, yeah, it just felt like watching another Shaft movie. Like it's actually kind of impressive. I was surprised, but I've never seen a Shaft movie. The Shaft movie. There's only three of them. Yeah. Uh, And they're all called Shaft. Yeah. (laughs) No sequel names. No, no, no. serious about it. Just Shaft. Shaft and Shaft. With the opening of this movie being very James Bondy with all the flashes and the naked ladies and stuff, I was surprised at the lack of sex in the rest of the movie. You're diving straight into this movie. We're just doing intros right now. Yeah. (laughs) If, well, I'm just letting everyone know, if you think you're going to get a bunch of sex talk with the Shaft movie, it, it, there's none. There's a, it's his duty to please that booty. Yeah, but yeah, then he just, he just says it. it. That's true. We yeah. don't actually see him fulfill his duty no. <laughs> to the booty. <laughs> no, nope. um, the duty is only talked about. The duty is only discussed. Okay, stop calling it duty. Why? It involves a booty. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it rhymes with duty. And you got to, you know, that's, that's the duty to... It's the booty. It's our duty. There's no poop in this movie either. I mean, everybody poops. Yes, but we don't see. Them. <laughs> right. It'd be it'd be kind of like I don't know. No, like you don't have to see everyone walk through a doorway huh. or open you know, a door. You know, you know what this movie doesn't lack. What's that? Does not lack at all. What's that? Turtlenecks. Oh yeah, this movie likes their turtlenecks. Um, but before we start actually diving way too into the movie, because we are diving way too fastly into it, uh, did we have a where have they been doing this week? Uh, no, not no, I did not. Yeah, we still did not have time. Uh, unfortunately, for all of the where have they been doings that I'd like to be watching, uh, Last of Us Two has also come out. So <laughs> no movies. Whoops. Uh... And I and I started killing Eve. Yeah. And I've decided that Eve is killing herself. Fair that's, enough. That's my hot take, which is probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. not a hot take. It's probably on the internet. And then I restarted Hannibal, which, yeah. <laughs> down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we're all doing very uplifting stuff during these very sad times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. None of which involved aware of they've been doing. So we'll just move right into Shaft. Uh, Chewie, you, you seem ready and rearing to talk about it. Do you want to do a very quick breakdown? Well, in this movie, um, we come along to a murder scene which it doesn't start out as a murder scene it's a it's a assault. he's dying he's dying yeah uh Mackay pfeiffer is dying in the beginning then, of this movie and nick fury shows up he's really unhappy <laughs> you can just call him chef the movie's <laughs> named after him <laughs> but then he goes into the bar and he's like batman you did this didn't you and batman's like 
yeah, I did. I mean, look at me. <laughs> yeah, I did. This version of Batman is racist as fuck. He really is. He's like a not uh, dashing version of a, his American Psycho character, essentially. He's like his dumb version of his American Psycho version. Yeah, um, and like trust fund kid Psycho yeah. version. Yeah. Uh, trust fund Patrick Bateman. Uh, Tony Collette hasn't been in the MCU or DCU. Nope, sorry. Poo. All right, the United States of Terra <laughs> is the waitress. <laughs> uh, either way, okay. Wait, maybe so, she did a voice. Let me look it up while you keep talking. No. Yeah. You keep talking. I'll see. Um, but either way, so Shaft is a is like like saying you you're the one that did this, didn't you? And the other guy is pretty much admitting to it immediately. Uh, and for some reason, there's doubt. And then he sees the blood on the waitress's face. And it's like, well, game over. I mean, why is there blood on your face? You saw something. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Uh, and then friggin' Christian Bale's character doubles down on his terribleness. And Shaft punches him in the face twice, which he deserved. And then uh, Colette disappears. And then we go to the trial and he gets bail and then oh my gosh he skips bail immediately because he's a terrible person he runs to Amsterdam uh, and then the movie jumps two years uh, and Christian Bale comes back and they pick him up and he's like he jumped bail he should not get bail again reasonable request uh, then the judge gives him bail again uh, and then the movie goes into Shaft needs to find the witness to prove that he killed the dude uh, and then the rest of the movie is all about finding this witness. And for some reason, Christian Bale's character gets in with this Latin mob who he hires to kill the waitress. And a whole bunch of people die trying to get this waitress who doesn't want to be found. Uh, Shaft pretty much leads them all to her. And he's supposed to be smart. Uh, and then a whole bunch of people get stabbed, murdered. And then the waitress is going to finally testify, and then the mom of the kid who is killed kills Christian Bale. Because, I mean, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to kill you. And she seems sort of fine with it. Yeah. I, mean, I think everyone did. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, but this this makes sense. <laughs> I mean, as they're carting her away, they're like the crowd is chanting, let her go. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy fucking piped her son. Uh, for no reason. Yeah, I mean, he started harassing her son in the restaurant for no reason. Just yeah. immediately because he was black. Uh, so this movie does have things to say about race relations, of course. Uh, and that rich white men are largely assholes. Um, that tracks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the movie in a nutshell. So where i want to start with this thing and i just kind of want to get the ugliness out of the way as much as we possibly can um it's very strange because we we started this month uh as i've said the last couple weeks to expand our viewing and none of us had seen uh this movie so that that worked however part of the reason we're expanding our our viewing uh is because of violence from police yeah which this movie is fucking chock full of and uh the dirty cops not dirty cops but then the not dirty cops slash shaft is still doing dirty things he still executes a dude like it's just watching this movie right now with the climate of the world made me at times 
a little uncomfortable. Like, yeah. things where I'm supposed to be like, fuck yeah, Shaft, fuck them up. And I'm like, uh, Maybe you should pull it, back a little. It's your job to not fuck them up, Shaft. Uh, right, right. It's like, uh, <laughs> restraint, Shaft, please? <laughs> yeah. And it's just so weird, because I feel like if I saw this movie last year, I'd be like, that movie was awesome. It was a ton of fun. Like, that's exactly what I wanted right now. And Because it is, on its surface, it's awesome. It's a ton of fun. It's a movie that takes the genre, and instead of poking fun at it or making a parody of it, like they very easily could have, they just made a sequel. Like, it, it's a kind of a faithful sequel, from what I remember. But it, he's playing the nephew yeah. of the original Shaft. The original Shaft uh, is in it, and, yeah. and they go into business with each other at the end of the film, like which makes sense for the third one, where it's the three generations of Shafts. Um, but but there is just kind of like this fun element, and it's weird because it, it's just so not a genre that I'm used to, of this fun, wisecracking cop, but also very serious stuff. Like, I'm used to, like, the, the cop movies where if it's going to be a cop movie where you're laughing the whole way through, say, the other guys, right? I was everything's just, just kind of a farce. Yeah. Whereas this one, you have the comedy, but the crime is still very much a crime. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I wasn't expecting crimes. that. Yeah. I was very surprised that you can go from, like, it's my duty to please the booty to <laughs> uh, Christian Bale's conversation with the people's. And their whole banter, like their whole bargaining back and forth and just the intensity of that. Like the movie's playing in those two, those two areas. And yeah, no, I was, I just wasn't ready for it. <laughs> no, it's kind of a fascinating watch. Like as we're watching, especially having now watched Poetic Justice and, uh, and Boys in the Hood, it's like, holy shit, I see why John Singleton was chose for this. Like his just style and flair that he's been kind of perfecting over since Boys in the Hood, like really gets to shine here. Like that whole, like, cause even Boys in the Hood had this thing where Boys in the Hood is a, as I mentioned earlier, kind of a depressing movie, but it still has moments that'll make you laugh. Like he still can, in like the pit of despair, can bring you up for a moment. And like, what a better, what better person could there be for a film like this, where the crime is just brutal? It's just full blown hate crime. He was murdered because he was black and he was in the same yeah. establishment as him. And he embarrassed the white guy. Yeah, and he em how dare he embarrass the white guy. Like, fucking horrible tragic murder right out the gate. But throughout the movie, it has moments of just kind of lighthearted fun. Like, I, I, it's a balancing act that I was very impressed by throughout. Even though it made me very uncomfortable at times. Specifically as the movie got closer and closer to the climax and the, the murderings just kind of got way more murdery. Particularly there's one point where Shaft just executes a dude coming out of a window that I'm just like, good lord. You could have just walked away there. <laughs> like, you didn't have to kill a guy. Like Shaft oh, was just like, I have it did. out for this henchman. Here he fucking comes. <laughs> like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and we have the same thing with the, the, uh, the other two cops at the end of the movie like uh, the, the crooked the... cops with Vanessa Williams like holy shit <laughs> just, Vanessa just shoots him in the head oh yeah just boom like, like how yeah, are I... you going to explain that later Whoa. Yeah, I, I audibly I audibly, I audibly gasped when she <laughs> came in here because I, I was like she's not going to kill him so she's just like we got you you're going to jail no she like she kills the fuck out of him because oh, yeah. they have that moment where Chef's like shoot him and you're expecting like that that's not the right thing to do, Shaft. I'm here to be the policeman. And she, nope, just blam. And I'm just like, <laughs> do you have proof that they're dirty? Like, oh my well, they, God. I mean, they did shoot her. They did shoot her first. So I guess. Yeah, they shot fair. her right in the chest. Yeah. But, but still, like, I was just surprised. It? No, no. I, I mean, if you try to look at this movie from like 
a cop's point of view or like like per uh, maybe cop's not the right word but like correct justice or law enforcement point of view this movie's a goddamn nightmare yeah because okay so they shot her in the chest cool uh the thing is not cool not cool no 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 so that would prove that they're dirty if she can collect the bullet and prove that's the one that went into her chest yeah because it's not in her to prove that he shot her with that bullet. Yeah, and this was early 2000s, so it's not like they're wearing body cams. Like, yeah. nobody's recording this. So, unless she actually had time to collect that bullet and somehow prove that that's the bullet that made contact with her bulletproof vest and came from his gun, what evidence do they have that they're dirty? Yeah, none. <laughs> At least not that I remember in this film. I mean, it might be there. I mean, we kind of just have to assume for the best. Her, her a bullet definitely went into his head. Oh, there was no denying that. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, they would definitely have evidence that she murdered him. <laughs> I still just, like, watching it last night, just as soon as she fires that shot, I just remember going, oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I mean, kudos to this movie for trying its damnedest to dress down a Miss America winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make her look tough. But giving her hats does not make her any less stunning. <laughs> Look, she's she's one of us. She's in a hat. You just put a yeah. hat on a goddess. She's got a big jacket on. Hey, you know what? Sometimes hats work to, to put some shade over the, the brilliant light of goddesses. <laughs> hey, look, it's one of the most that beautiful must be some women hat. on two legs. I don't know. She's wearing a hat. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Clark Kent effect. You put a, a hat on a, a beautiful goddess, and you're like, who? Mm. Her? <laughs> this is one of the things I just thought. The fashion of this movie, it's so early 2000. I mean, it's from 2000. But the jackets were amazing. Like they had to, the amount of budget they had to have put aside just for those leather jackets on everyone. But here's the totally thing: totally worth it. In a movie where I should be walking out of it going, "Okay, so Shaft was the best looking guy throughout the whole thing. He had the perfect, perfectly sculpted facial hair. He's always got the best jacket on. He's got the turtleneck. He looks great." And then you see Buster Rhymes, and it's like, "Nah, I'd rather hang out with him. He looks way cooler." Well, he looks more fun. Yeah. Yeah, Shaft is a little too. Shaft would be intimidating. I would not feel safe. Yeah, no, I thought that was kind of weird uh, for being a movie called Shaft and having such an opening. I, I never was like drawn to his outfit. Like there was nothing sort of there was nothing badass. It was just kind of like I don't know. I was I wasn't feeling him. I was feeling everyone else around him, like to the nines in terms of costume design and all that. But it's but. not just costume design either. And it's just a little bit about Samuel here. It's like, I love Samuel Jackson. Like, he is a reason for me to watch a movie. I hear he's in it. I'm like, all right, I can give it a shot. At least he'll be entertaining. But I don't feel like he had a ton to do here. Like, being the name character, he just kind of had a hit, I'm a badass with a heart of gold. Done. Yeah. And he didn't really have to do anything beyond that. So he does he does a good job. He's engaging enough to get me in the film. But, like, you look at the reviews, and granted, there's a whole different argument that I'd love to have with somebody, not argument, discussion, that I'd love to have with somebody about, well, this movie got, like, four out of tens, five out of tens, middling reviews, but it was also by a predominantly white critic system. So there, there's something to be said about the reviews for it. But either way, I think part of the reason why those reviews were sort of middling was because as good as Samuel L. Jackson was as Shaft, he wasn't the most engaging thing in the movie, and he is the biggest thing in the movie. Whereas everyone else, like, 
Christian Bale plays the most vile person I've ever seen him play, and he's fucking Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Yeah, I was like, but I'd much rather hang out with Patrick Bateman than this guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, how do you top Patrick Bateman? This guy. Yeah, I mean, as long as you just point Patrick Bateman in the direction of Blockbuster, you'll be okay. But this one is like, uh, no, just I want nothing to do with him. It's like from frame one, the second you see him, it's like, fuck that guy. Well, the person I found the most engaging in this movie was Jeffrey Wright. Oh, my God. He's so uh, good in this movie. I'm very much familiar with the roles he plays now, which are very, like, like study or not studious. Studious, yeah. Where he's like, he's always the smart smartest guy in the room yeah like, even like hunger games he was yeah. the smartest guy like yeah. it's just kind of his thing the, yeah he's and, playing commissioner gordon like that's his <laughs> his thing is the smart guy and in this he's people's hernandez who's a low uh not really low grade but he he's he feels low in his uh zone of drug dealing and he wants to expand his business yeah he feels like a, a small pit small or big fish in a small pond is yeah. what it feels like and uh, it's kind of the other way around and like just his facial expressions and his whole body language the whole movie is very immersive performance compared to what i've seen him do otherwise it is one of those things where like i've really enjoyed Jeff, like i think like most moviegoers or most like pop culture consumers i've really grown to enjoy him because of uh, westworld like that's really like yeah. been his it's for a man of his like age and stature. It's weird to say that's been his breakout role, but it's really kind of what's made everyone more aware of him. Um, and I've always thought he was a good actor, and I've always been excited to see him in stuff. But it wasn't until I watched this where I'm like, oh shit, he's a great actor. Like his range was way more than I thought. Like I was very very impressed by him. Like you're right, every scene he's in, he's engaging. And his hair was immaculate. All, yeah, also immaculate hair, almost <laughs> well, as good yeah, as Samuel's beard, but not it quite. It was the same. Like, they were yeah. both very, like, there's no hair out of place on my head yeah. or my face. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting with, with his character. Just when you first see his character show up and you're like, oh, is he going to... You kind of have an expectation how the character is going to be played. And kind of the level's like, okay, is he going to be goofy? Is the movie going to treat him really goofy? And at first you kind of think that, but just the, the layers that this guy puts into the character of People's Hernandez... Like everything, like the whole packaging seems to be like it could be over the top, and it is. But there's also that serious weight to it. Because he's a real criminal. Yeah, he and, he feels legitimately yeah. dangerous. And when Walter Wade Jr. slash Christian Bale decides he's going to use Peoples to get what he wants, and Peoples essentially goes, "Oh, you're cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. you try you're to be gonna, tough. <laughs> you're gonna do this stuff for me." Uh, and Walter well, Wade doesn't know how to handle that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was one of those like, oh, you think you're dangerous because you're violent. I'm dangerous. You're violent. Yeah, <laughs> there's a difference. Right. There is. <laughs> well, and it's it's, it's kind of great too because at a certain point, um, oh, I forget who his uh, best his brother gets shot in the car. Oh my god! And, and he takes his turn as a character becomes very emotional, and I think out of the whole movie, his character, him is what I ended up watching this for yeah. because his arc was just intense, wonderful, amazing. And just how I could root for him the whole way through was kind of the big thing for me with this. The thing that I find really interesting with him, it has to be the way he's introed into the movie. Just eating noodles. 
he's just sitting in a window minding his business, just watching the cops do what they do. And somebody just kind of casually points him out to Shaft and Shaft is like, well, then let's arrest him. It's like, well, you can't. He hasn't done anything wrong. Well, here, I'll throw a basketball at him, get him to come down here. And if he touches me, I'll, I'll arrest him for assault. And that's exactly what happens. And it's, like, <laughs> it's like, holy shit, you're a crooked cop, Shaft. Like, yeah, what the that's fuck, man? Like entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> you instigate. You threw a basketball at him. He's just sitting in his window. Well, the most, like, moment of police uh, crookedness is when he goes to beat up that one... Uh, dude because the woman asks him to and the other cops drive by seeing him beating this dude senseless and they just nod at each other and oh keep yeah. Driving. yeah this is cool yeah it's cool. oh man see you later uh excuse me <laughs> <laughs> like i hope this woman's telling the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully it's not like uh, her son over there is like i'm tired of him dealing drugs you'll beat the shit out of him what if okay. she doesn't have a son <laughs> Yeah, Chef really takes people at their word. Like, it's different at the end of the movie because that woman clearly was abused uh, who was asking him for help. Uh, Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, but, like, this one was, like, he really didn't have a lot of data to go on, and he just beat the fuck out of that kid. He did. Yeah. He's he's a bit intense at improv. (laughs) (laughs) It was still a cool scene. Yeah. I just, I just love the, you know that kid down the street? Yeah. Wrong answer. You know the kid down the street? No. I mean, it was funny with that. Yeah, like... Again, like we were saying, it might have been more enjoyable if we weren't currently thinking, police brutality wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this was uh, (laughs) a... I've said it earlier, I'll keep saying it throughout. Rough watch in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Should have been more lighthearted and fun. Really, it was like, ooh. Shaft, maybe you should cool off a little. (laughs) Shaft, you need some anger management, pal. (laughs) Why don't we try to get that judge disbarred for giving him bail after he has skipped previous bail? Yeah, he's like, I'll send it at a million dollars. That will make people happy. They can afford it, fuckface. Yeah, no, there's so many of those moments that just uh, take the wind out of the sail of the humor and and the action-y and the very kind of over-the-top elements. Because we're in 2020 dealing with, like, we're experiencing a lot of terrible shit. And, yeah, it just... This movie is viewed very differently today. (laughs) And it's part of why, like, when when it's all said and done, the movie's done and I'm thinking about it, I can't go, like, yeah, Shaft. I can find these parts of the movie and just be like, oh, that was really good. And that was really good. And that was intense. And that was funny. But as a whole, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, it's like. At the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, Mama's Revenge. Yeah, go, Mom. Right. (laughs) Uh, Lynn Thigpen, you know, from uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. You go, girl. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, there, there's things about it. Like, like we can sit here and dissect everything in it. And it's like the, the acting was great. Samuel Jackson was was good enough for the role. Like, he did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was amazing. Christian Bale, I just wanted to punch him the whole time. Tony Collette was great. Like, everybody in the movie was great. The directing was on point. It was shot well. The music was perfect. Like, it, whenever, like, it would kick into that old Shaft theme, I'm like, yes, I'm digging this movie. But at the end of the day, would I recommend it to somebody? Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. Uh, and it, it's also, it's nice to see just solid action directing consistently yeah. in throughout this whole month so far. And like even the movie I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Abduction, like the action's directed well. This guy, like John Singleton can do this. Like <laughs> great, great pacing, great placement of everyone, geography and the editing of the fight, like all... 
the all the action is just so well done. I don't know. It's yeah, and like I like that this movie like not not to harp down a, a well trodden road, but I, I really like going back and watching action flicks pre MCU because there is just something sort of refreshing about different action sequences. Like there's just so much sameness now. Like it, it's kind of like we we whenever an action sequence starts. If I'm at home, if I have to go to the bathroom or grab a drink or something, I go when the action starts because I know everything that's going to happen. But if we're watching a movie that's pre that, pre everyone going, this is the thing that we want, there's always something kind of different. There's always something that I won't see coming. Uh, and like case in point, in this movie, it's like if I had gone to the bathroom, say, during the Vanessa Williams scene, I'm like, okay, sure, they're going to arrest the cops and everything's going to be fine. They're going to move on. I would have missed Vanessa Williams shooting the one dude in the head and then shaft the other guy in the belly. Like there's just like... There's things that just don't happen anymore. And when you go back to these older movies, it's almost kind of like a, a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, I remember when people tried different things and they're a little bit more experimental. And uh, there's a part of me that, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the MCU stuff works. But I, I just think we're all kind of getting a little tired of the very cutty, fast-paced, quippy action sequences. Um, at least I am. Uh, I'll keep going to see them, but it would just be kind of nice to see new things. And oh, watching yeah, and a movie I've... like this was kind of like, oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I know. And I agree with you completely because I've been watching a bunch of the MCU things and just at a certain point, you just get into a lull. Like, okay, we're in a a pattern here. We're in a flight pattern with action. And the action here and in the other, um, even abduction, was unpredictable, raw. I wasn't sure where it was going to end up. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen during it. And I was curious. I think that's a big thing. I was like, what's going to happen next? What? How's this going to play out? I don't actually know. I kind of have an idea, but this could go anywhere. Like, it was kind of refreshing, actually, to have that. Yeah. And to I not be able to fill in the blanks. For the whole movie, I never, I was not able to predict where the movie was going. Like, when the mom shot him at the end, I was legitimately surprised. I was too. It I was surprised, but like I was also like. To me, but I've seen a lot of people get shot on the steps in Law and Order. Well, I've, I don't think I've ever watched an entire episode of Law and Order beginning to end, so. That would not seem normal. It's happened more than once. (laughs) Where someone's about to go to trial and they get shot on the steps of the courthouse. I mean, I guess it did happen in Batman Begins as well. No, that was after trial. It's dramatic. It's a good place to shoot someone, apparently. Yeah. Lots of witnesses. They can't run away. It's the steps. That's true. It's hard to run away when you're getting shot at on steps. (laughs) On steps. Well, it doesn't have to be a courthouse. Just make sure they're on stairs. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think some of it, too, is that because of today and we're sadly used to justice not being served and people just getting away with it i was expecting christian bale to be able to once again get away from it and just like shaft's work is never done he's going to keep (laughs) chasing him like i was expecting it to go that way from a very like dejected standpoint so it was a very i was surprised even though maybe i have seen people get shot on the 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 the, the steps i've seen that before and that's not a surprising uh, turn of events but I had kind of in my my, my headspace is there is the bad guys getting away. Yeah, and I think I think for me just coming up to that scene just based on how the whole movie had gone of if I can find Tony Collette then I can put Christian Bale in jail. And he found Tony Collette and had a very difficult time getting her to the courthouse. Her brother got stabbed although he was totally fine. Um other brother went along for the ride like craziness happened but he got her to the courthouse to testify so here am i going like all right so the movie tells me that kind she's of against her will 
you can lose the word kind of. It was yeah. 100% against her will. Yeah. Because she also broke the law. She accepted a bribe to not turn him in. Yeah. Um. So she was afraid she would also be in trouble. But I think Shaft basically went like, priority list putting the murderer in jail is far more we'll important deal with the bribing we'll, later. we'll deal with the rest of it later let's just get this fucker in jail first so just the way the movie had been kind of going and shaped i'm like okay so i can kind of see like a to b this guy's going to jail now and like I, I was just so ready to finish the movie with that that when the turn happened i'm like oh good for her <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this very moment of like oh i didn't see that coming nice nice <laughs> It was I almost like a response that. to my frustration of the situation, too. It was like, man, someone just got to shoot Tony this Clint guy. And didn't have to testify. Yeah, and she didn't have to testify, so she's no longer in trouble. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. And then Shaft got to quit, and he gets to go into, uh, into private eye business with his uncle. Um, yeah, every, it's every, great. yeah, it's going to be great. The one thing I, I got to say, um, I forgot his name. What the fuck's his name? I don't know. The original Shaft. Oh, Richard, Richard Roundtree. Roundtree. Uh, the one thing I gotta say, uh, I really enjoyed having Richard Roundtree back in this movie as the original Shaft. He, uh, it was really cool having him there. It, it, um, it really solidified this isn't a remake. This is a sequel, even though we we didn't change the title at all, which I'll I'll let go of at some point in my life. I promise. Um, I don't know if I will. I <laughs> I, I I almost watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it was just kind of fun having him there. Like, the few times that he and Samuel Jackson had screen time together, which I honestly don't think was enough, uh, and why I want to see part three that much more now, since it's about all three of them, uh, you could just see the chemistry between the two actors. Like, these guys are friends off-camera and on-camera, and it just worked so well. It's like, I just want to watch these two guys go out for coffee. Like, I'm, I could just watch that for Shaft. Yeah, no, I would have been happy if that had been the first half of the movie. <laughs> Like, or just have them, like, if this had been the opening of their private eye. Like, even if just, like, this is us working together now. Like, even that. I, I just, I appreciate they really wanted to tell John Shaft, Samuel Jackson's character's story here, his thing. But there's just that moment of, like, but having the other guy here, I kind of want him in it, too. And I wonder, is it just less is more sort of thing? Like, by leaving me wanting, is, 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 they did something good because then I can go like, well, I would have said the same thing if Harrison Ford had only been in two seconds of force awakens, but he's in the whole thing and I kind of don't like it. So maybe I should just let the accomplished filmmaker and storyteller do their thing. Um, yeah. I, I just kind of convinced myself out of my own point. Well, yeah, he should be in it more, but you know, yeah, may, maybe he shouldn't because that hasn't worked out in the past. Or the well, future, I, from this movie's point of view. It's better to be left with wanting more than to have too much. That's very true. Perhaps, but, like, was your was your booty pleased? I don't know. Or did you want more? Like, so, like, if, if it was his duty to please the booty, was yours, I don't know. You could pull it that way. <laughs> I mean, my booty didn't get to watch a lot of the movie because I was sitting on it. I don't think it got to watch any of the movie. I, I might have stood up at one point, turned yeah. around. For some like, oh, shift! Ah, I'm going to be sat on again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so That's why I stand other... up and turn around in circles whenever I watch a movie. Just very My butt's got to enjoy the show. <laughs> right. One of the other things I really enjoyed about this movie was the production design. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of detail in it that I, d 
I would imagine was a researched and had deeper meanings than what I am aware of. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, in the beginning when they're in the restaurant, I noticed the having the lawn jockeys in sh- in the sh- in the frames behind the white actors. Oh yeah. Uh, and I recently have been reading about lawn jockeys. That's it's a thing that. I didn't really know anything about growing up. I remembered it was a thing that kept getting knocked over in Home Alone, but I never knew any significance of it. <laughs> right. Uh, apparently, there's controversy going on on whether or not lawn jockeys are just straight racist, or if they were used by the Underground Railroad to help get people north side by painting them different colors. Uh, oh, interesting. I'm not. Sh- I have to read more about it because uh, it seems sounds like something that people could be saying to just make themselves feel better about having lawn jockeys. <laughs> uh, or or they were actually helpful, or they're both. <laughs> Either way, it's an interesting point that they were in the movie around the white people. Yeah, yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then I just love in people's uh, apartment that all of his fancy furniture is covered in plastic. Oh, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. does such a cute detail. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he does seem like an anal kind of guy. I'm like, don't mess up my stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, kind of like what John was saying. By, by I'd say about halfway through the movie, I was there for Peoples. Like, yeah. he was so interesting. And his whole place is very deep reds and yeah. golds. And then once the one thing we got of Walter's uh, apartment, it just kind of looked like the same apartment from American Psycho, where it's just white and gray and black and boring. I don't remember. Did we see Shaft's apartment? I don't remember. I don't think so. We saw offices. No, I don't think so. They were all very officey. They um, were, but there's also kind of a, an oddness to the like the police precinct, and maybe it's like I've never, I don't think I've honestly been in a police precinct, at least not an active one. Um, I've only been in sets. Yeah, like I've been on plenty of sets, but like as far as like film set police precincts go, this one felt way more chaotic. Very underfunded. Yeah, under anything. underfunded was a great way to put it. Like it just kind of like, it felt like there's desks on top of desks. Like I, I never really got the idea that Shaft had anywhere to go. Like he was always just kind of in the middle of the room shouting at people. Like I didn't know if he actually had a desk. Like there was just so much like, um, like cl- like just clutter. Yeah. I kind of like yeah, it. No, it, it had this like chaotic nature to it. It reminded me of what the the comedic version uh, from Book Brooklyn Nine Nine did when the, like they had to condense departments and everyone had desks so close to each other. And I was like, oh, that that I was I, I was curious on what the real what what a more realistic version of that would look like. And this movie had that. Yeah, it was like, oh, oh, I see. That's this is what this could actually. I I bought it. I bought it as an underfunded police precinct. And then when we get into uh, Busta Rhymes' uh, apartment. And they're all, like, talking about how unhygienic and dirty it is. I'm like, oh, that looks like ours. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he lives in our apartment. That's not like our... I mean, there's not very many toddler toys, but just switch it out with toddler toys, and that's what our place looks like. Yeah, Shaft had nothing Shaft to say about our apartment. No, he wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, you know, testify as another parent. <laughs> but I also got to say, like, we didn't really talk much about him. Buster Rhymes was pretty good in this. He was great. Yeah, like, he's not the biggest actor. Like, he pops up here and there, but... He was good. Yeah. He was entertaining. Like, uh, all of his lines were good. I loved how mad he was about his car. Uh, how mad... mad, too. <laughs> yeah. Because, yes, he got... Dude, of course he's going to get evicted because of Shaft. Because, yeah, you shot up... They shot up his whole building. And his neighbors probably got shot. <laughs> At least had some bullets come through their walls. Yeah. Like, yeah, like his building oh got God. lit up. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I don't know if the neighbors actually survived this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it, he was fun throughout. Like he he nailed that perfect mix of like, oh, he's a legitimate person. Like he has wants and needs of his own, and he's comedic relief. Yeah. I, I just kind of keep coming back to, as we've been going through this month, like Singleton, he might not have had the, the best last few movies in his career, but when he was when he was in it, man, like this guy could put together a movie. Yeah. He was good. And he, yeah, and he, he kind of knows when to put things, like when to take things out of play for a little bit. I don't know. It, it's been a very interesting thing watching through all these movies. Just when he, when characters come in, when they leave and I don't know, everyone here never overstayed their welcome. Yeah. In terms of characters, like the comedic relief. Like, I never felt like, oh, there's the comedic relief guy. I had to remember, like, oh, yeah, he's kind of comedic relief. He was just real enough. And he was funny. And he kind of came and he went as the movie dictated. But it didn't feel, he didn't feel like he was in it too much or too little, you know? Yeah. It, it was just kind of like the perfect amount. Like, the, like this is just a very well-balanced movie. Like, everything's where it needs to be. The pacing is good. The editing's good. The acting's good. The music's good. Like, everything just kind of clicks. And it's just unfortunate that here in 2020, I'm like, everything in this movie is good, and it's worth your time. Don't watch it. Yep. Just wait. <laughs> just, just avoid for now. Maybe in a couple of years, when all this stuff is a horrific memory ripped in all of our minds... Uh, you might be able to sit down and enjoy this, but laugh at it a little bit more. But today, uh, hard pass, hard hard pass. We'll just know that maybe Shaft would get his uh, what the immune immunity oh. taken away. Yeah, and, and then he just could again? be a cop. I don't I don't remember the full name of it. Colorado just repealed it though, so good yeah. for them. Yeah, where'd it go? Uh, but I, I think we've we've pretty much hit everything that we can say. Uh, so qualified immunity. Qualified immunity. Thank you. Shaft would lose his qualified immunity. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I don't know. He would probably take it back. I mean, it's Shaft. Shaft. Yeah, it's Shaft. He does what he wants. Uh, so favorite moments for this movie. It might be a little tough, but I, I think everyone's gonna have one. Yeah, yeah. I've got one. Go I've got it. one in the uh, chamber as it were um it's a small moment and it's more of well how it's placed in the scene but it's when people's is uh trying to comfort uh, it's, it might be his kid i think as he's talking to his guys and just having that juxtaposition there just being a family man and being very gentle with an otherwise very violent person i I was really interested and intrigued by the the visuals that that was evoking. All right. Um, my, mine's going to be a little bit different change of pace, but mine has to come from, uh, it's right at the beginning of the movie, and it's going to be when Shaft chucks the basketball at Peoples to get him to come down. <laughs> um, and I say that because it's so early on in the movie, and it's such a ridiculous moment that it's like, oh, this is what we're watching. Like, in case you weren't aware of the type of, cop that shaft is going to be because this isn't the shaft from the other movie this is his own thing oh it's that kind of cop and it just sets the tone for the rest of the movie and kind of a oh this gets really serious really fast and he's breaking every single rule that he shouldn't be breaking but he's also getting a good guy or bad guy off the street so okay i see what we're watching now yeah yeah i liked it when people came down with his whole crew and a couple dogs and stuff and be like i'm going to be intimidating yeah. And Shaft's just like, no one intimidates me, I'm Shaft. 
I'm gonna be intimidating. You're going to jail. Um, was that your favorite moment? Or uh... yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I so... love how it all it all includes peoples. Peoples just ends up being our favorite part of the movie. Yeah. He's so fucking good. Uh, so double feature for this one. Uh, I'm gonna go first so that nobody takes mine because mine's mine's pretty on the nose, guys. I'm gonna go so for a good double feature with Shaft. Shaft. Because <laughs> it just makes sense. I'm not going to qualify anything that I just said, so it's up to you to make the Shaft Shaft double feature. Um, good luck. Well, I would pair this with the other guys. Okay. Because the other guys spoofs this at the beginning of the movie. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Also oh, yeah. Cops yeah. that do whatever they want. Yeah. And Shaft was in it. Aim for the bushes. Yeah, Shaft dies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's no fucking bushes. It's such a ridiculous <laughs> movie. It's so good. <laughs> okay. I still don't think it, it aged very well. Like, I don't think I'd want to watch it right now. I feel like anything with a cop in it right now is going to be kind of tough to watch. Most of the violence happens to them in that movie, though. That's fair. They're not really doing the violence. That's fair. To kind of change the pace from your guys' choices, which were great, uh, I'm going to do a chronological double feature starting with American Psycho and oh, okay. then this movie so you can see what happens to Patrick Pittman as he devolves into a, a trust fund like JFK knockoff that works uh, so we have one more week left uh-huh. in John Singleton month and that month or that week we'll be covering Four Brothers another movie that I have never seen I've I, actually always wanted to see that one I did want to see it I like Marky Mark and I like Marky Mark with a uh, with a strong director I've gone into that many times in this podcast that Mark Wahlberg with a strong director is a great actor Mark Wahlberg with a weak director is Mark Wahlberg um, so he's probably good in that movie I'm guessing he's probably good in that because John's like a strong director he's a very strong director um, yeah, yeah I don't mean that as a knocking just having Mark Wahlberg in a movie I love Mark Wahlberg he's cool just to hang out with but do you want to see him as a character Good director. You just want to see Marky Mark, bad director. I mean, it's not even a Marky Mark with a bad director. Sometimes you just get dirt face. Oh my god! Sometimes you get the happening. <laughs> what? No. That's we call we call face. him Durfy Mark. Durfy Mark. <laughs> oh, Derp Mark. <laughs> uh, but either way, I'm expecting good Mark next week. Uh, so hopefully we are right about that. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how if my opinion on the movie has changed because I saw it when it first came out. Because uh, I was a projectionist at the time, so it was oh like, sure, uh, yeah. So I, I don't remember a lot about it other than yeah, it was Marky Mark, and you know, it's like he's my brothers, and that's about it. <laughs> All I remember from the movie. Fair enough. Um, and then next month we have another person that we'll be doing that I will tell you next week, uh, and then we'll just do our normal plugs right now. So athpod.com for this and every other show. Uh, we have casual cartoons, which was uh, a little late this week. I apologize, but uh, it did come out eventually. Uh, and then next week, I'm going to try to do one more episode uh, before I take uh, a week or two off. And then we're going to start preparing for Frisky Dingo. And if we're very lucky and I can actually organize it, we are going to try to do that finale of Venture Brothers before we start uh, Frisky Dingo. But it requires a lot of organizing of people who do not have a lot of time right now. So I will do the best I can. I know there is some some want of that out there. And I really wanted to record it. But then the world caught on fire. So yeah. we were unable to. So hopefully that will happen. I can't promise that it will, but we will try. And uh, two more episodes of Casual Cartoons before it turns into Welcome to You Are Doom, the podcast, the Frisky Dingo podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that is all the updates on the Casual Cartoons corner. 
uh, formerly Venture Bros. Cool. Cherry, what about you? Cool. Uh, watch Superstore. Cool. John? Demon Days, every week, every Wednesday, trucking along, having fun. Woo. Sounds good. Uh, so thank you thank to you. everyone who's listening. Uh-huh. Have a good week. I will talk to you next week.